Hello, all. My name is Dr. Ravi, and I'm joined by Professor Krishna and Arjuna, MD. We are Was It Good? And we are the medical professionals of the movie and TV world. Today, we will surgically analyze an oldie but a goodie, Spike Lee's Inside Man. Plus, we got news on Star Wars Squadrons, an Apple TV Plus original, Foundation, and Michael Keaton returning as Batman? What? The last one sounds as believable as you, us being medical professionals. But alas, here we are. Arjuna MD, Professor Krishna, let's get to it, shall we? Yes, Doctor. What Rabbit. the actual fuck? Excuse me, Arjuna MD? <laughs> We're not medical professionals. And, and now the challenge has been set. We must refer to each other as these names. If we all had drinks, it would be a drinking game. If you didn't refer to the other person in that name, uh, the person would have to take a shot. We're not going to be doing that, but you watching at home, you should be, if you are watching the live stream, uh, call us out when we don't use the name. Shut the fuck up, Professor Christian. Uh, MD, that is unbecoming of you. Dr. Avi? Speaking, as Christian mentioned, this is a podcast that we do every Monday night. You can check it out on the live stream on twitch.tv slash good for those listening. Also, in this show, we're going to be talking a little bit about some uh, interesting facts that are happening with the 501st, the drama around it. Um, specifically with merchandise and stuff. And because of that, it, it, uh, it encouraged us to give away a Sith jet trooper, a piece of merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> the circle is complete. Oh, my God. Hey, Using controversy circle. to sell out. Yes, I am, because I'm okay with that. But before we get into that, Arjuna, stop sniveling. Nobody wants to hear that. Sniveling. It's Sniffling. It's Stop Arjuna it. MD. Oh, my God. Yeah. We drink. are not doctors. Dr. Ravi? I am not a doctor. You said Your it. Your six o'clock is in 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's illegal to refer to yourself as a doctor if you're not a real doctor. What about TV shows? Yeah. But that's make-believe. Did that stop? Th- is that, it this make-believe? Did that stop Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil? No. Doc- Dr. Uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, only has a bachelor's degree. You told me that, I think. I did? You said that like yeah, but yesterday. Bill Nye the Science Guy has never been referred to as Doctor Bill Nye the Science Guy. It's just been referred to as Bill Nye the Science Guy. Yeah, but true. a lot of t- people know all their science facts from Bill Nye. Well, it's because the TV show was like, including Donald Trump, pre, mm-hmm. pre like declared or pre whatever from med doctor professional or whatever. <laughs> all right, the game can end. Anyway, I win. Okay, fine. Anyway, before we get into all this other crazy stuff, uh, one of the uh, more interesting things that we watched recently. The Inside Man, or excuse me, Inside Mind, Inside Inside, mind. inside Man, Spike Lee's uh, 2006 film? Yes. 2006 film starring uh, the glorious Denzel Washington. Please help me with his name. Chitwell. Elanjanor? Elanjan? Yeah, something. Oh, yeah. <coughs> yes. We just totally. We'll just say Chitwell. Chitwell. Uh, I know Chitwell is the first name. I, I, that's the last name. <laughs> are you aware? That, are names. you aware of Chitwell, real quick? Chitwell, the actor. You are right. He, um, he was the uh, antagonist in a little uh, uh, Nathan Fillion film called Serenity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also know he was in the worst or one of the worst Marvel Cinematic Universe movies in Doctor Strange. You know, I rewatched Doctor Strange like the other day, just a couple of those scenes. And you forgot it. No, no, it's not that bad. It's definitely like whimsical and whatever and kind of, ooh, ah. Uh, but as a complete thing, it is pretty fucking stupid. Oh, wow. Uh, and then obviously the great Clive Owen. He's great because he's, you know, he's just angry and mean. <laughs> so I'm saying great because I'm scared. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Christopher Plummer. Who, by the Willem way. Willem Dafoe. Who, by the way, Christopher Plummer looks exactly the same as he does in Inside Man as he did in the 2019 film. 
uh, Knives Out. Like literally, if you go back and look at him, it's like man doesn't age. The man, the man's always been seventy years old. Yeah, he's always looked seventy. That's crazy. Yeah, that was fourteen years ago, or or thirteen, 13 years between filming. Yeah. Films, yeah, good for him. You think he takes collagen? <laughs> Botox. I bring that up because we're now sponsored by. No, we're not. <laughs> oh. oh. Spoiler alerts, as always, for those who have been living under a rock and haven't seen Inside Man in fourteen years. Hmm. We actually mentioned it on last week's podcast. That's what inspired us to watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We watched it on Father's Day. Yeah, great father. Great, great, interesting movie. I, I have not seen it probably since two thousand seven, two thousand eight. After like a second rewatch, one of the things that I find very interesting about that film. Back then, you know, twelve however many years ago, uh, was the the a soundtrack choice. The opening and the end credits um, is a remix of a well somewhat well known Bollywood song. Uh, us three being uh, Indian and, and our parents being you know really into Bollywood and making us waste three hours of our lives at a time. It's we only got six because we do back to back. Oh my god! A fucking nightmare right there. <laughs> uh, um, we uh, we in instantly remember hearing the uh, the this particular tune, and I actually um, hold on one second. Uh, I actually Shazam the song so I could tell us what the tell song us is. The song it's um Chaya 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 Whatever. I'm not really yeah, exactly exactly. <laughs> so that was one of the like when we first saw the trailer, when we first saw the movie, we're like, wait a second, why is there Bollywood music in a movie about a Bank robbery. Yeah. And yeah. that's because the movie's about racism? <laughs> well, <laughs> Stuff? You, well, it's interesting. You know, there's this is a movie that came out about five years after 9-11. Mm. And it's a movie that takes place in New York. It's about a bank <coughs> robbery. And it's a high-stakes bank robbery that could almost be considered an act of terror. Mm. Uh, so there are, there are actually a lot of, you know, that was, you know, there was a lot of... Um, feelings around what was going on around that time specific there's even a scene with a specific bank teller who is a Sikh he is wearing a turban mm. um, for those who are unfamiliar with Sikhism you continue to grow your hair your hair is considered very important it's not supposed to be seen in public uh, they forcefully remove they his turban. forcefully remove his turban they call him an Arab the, poli the police some of the police freak out because they think he could potentially be a terrorist because it was, you know, at, at that time, terrorism, you know, was very associated with brown people. Yeah. Uh, and I guess even today. Um, but <laughs> very much so at that time. <laughs> um, and even today, yes. Uh, it, was, it was definitely... So, it, it's a, you know, it, it's interesting watching it 14 years later, especially, you know, especially what's going on right now with, you know, the stuff that we've been talking about the last few weeks and what's going on with, you know, Black Lives Matter and some of the, you know, the movement around that with, you know, police killings. Uh, and watching, you know, to Five Bloods, and then seeing this a previous Spike Lee movie, I think we, I think someone here said like, this is probably his Spike Lee's least political film, but it's still political. There's yeah, still a lot of commentary sure. there, uh, even with like Denzel's character coming in, and Willem Dafoe just assumes he's not the detective on the case because he is black. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it's there. Yeah. There's there's. Um... Yeah, there's a uh, prejudice against black people. There's prejudice against um, brown people. There's sexist remarks. Um, there's stuff to do with Nazis and the Jewish community yep. and all that stuff. So there's a lot in that film. And like, yeah, watching it years, you know, ten uh, ten plus years later, you can still go back there and be. And, and it's a little sad actually. Oh, because yeah. you go back and you look at it and like, yeah, this was the shit. 
16 whatever years ago and oh whoop de fucking do we've done nothing but somehow made it worse we've we regressed. definitely made definitely we've made it regressed worse. how is it seen, how do we the make scene, it worse the scene that like f- not freaked me out but the scene that i was like oh no was when the um uh, what do you call them the hostages mm-hmm. uh they come out and the police start shooting them with rubber bullets. Yep. I was yep. like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And then the yeah. fact that yeah. they were using rubber bullets, I was just like, oh, God, we really haven't done anything. We've gone worse. Yeah. There'll be real bullets now. Well, no, they're still rubber bullets, but rubber bullets, you know. Well, th- this is with the protest. This I mean, was yeah. interesting, right? So when, um, so the, the, the police chief or whoever, Denzel's boss is getting pressure, like they need to go and do something. So they set up like William Defoe, who's clearly in charge of like the actual like SWAT group. Yeah. Him and his like commanding officer are like, okay, what do we do? And William Defoe was ready to go in there with live weapons and all that fun stuff. And the second in command guy was like, ooh, why don't we do rubber bullets? Oh, and it's, yeah. And it's like, what? You have a hostage situation, you're just going to go in like guns a blazing? Guns a blazing? It's like, yeah, I mean, this still shows a militarized police force. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be curious if like Spike Lee is sitting at home right now and he's like, you know what? I have this great idea for. A bank heist movie in racist, militarized-fueled America. How much more violent would, or how much more intense would those like police interaction scenes be today? Today, oh, so much compared worse. to like back what then. was back then, and yeah. it's like that's a little whoa, that's yeah. scary as shit. Yeah, yeah. Especially even when you think about like the hostages that came out. Like I think there's two or three hostages. There's an old man. <clears throat> there's the Sikh man. Uh, is there another one, or are those the only two that kind of come out? During the like when the bank heist is going on, but yeah, you know, would one of them get shot? Would the would the Sikh man get shot? Yeah, you know, he would because they might think, oh my god, you know, he's. Well, a, I mean, a brown I mean, person. does does he have doesn't he have his hands tied? Like that would mean be like he's reaching for a weapon, and then yeah. they would they would kill him. Right. I mean, that's it's okay. sad, but that's you know, I would I would I would say nine times out of ten, that's what I would guess would happen today. Yeah, in the in the present you know climate. Beyond the stuff and you know the the social commentary, you know Spike Lee has his you know very famous uh, style of scene style shot style where we've got the first POV essentially and Denzel Washington's kind of like running yeah. through. We saw a very similar one to you know in uh, The Five Bloods as well. And Black Clans- though re- and Black recently, Clansman. like Black Klansman and The Five Bloods, it comes at the end of the movie, but back in the mid two thousands, like this comes middle. Kind right. of in the middle or at the second climax, right? Yeah. Uh, when the hostages are k- killed and he gets out of the truck. Right. And he's just kind of... And it's very clear. Like, they're a little better now because he kind of slows them down. But, like, that one, it's very clear, like, Denzel is he's on, on a, a treadmill. Or he's on a... Yeah, something, something automated. And he's just like, go with the flow. Take me. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. No, I, I've... Because he's clearly my, on a segway. It's yeah. <laughs> It's one of my favorite. Uh, it's one of my favorite things about uh, Spike, Spike Lee. Like his one of his his uh, touch. You know his his um. What's it called? You know his uh, style signature style pieces yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Color palette, as always, was was very interesting because the, even at the very start of the movie, probably within about five to ten minutes of the start, you're seeing these flash forwards. They're kind of you know much softer in terms of lens focus. The uh, contrast is a lot higher, a lot more nitty gritty. Um, you know that's the thing that I like. I've always enjoyed about Spike Lee is that when he goes to make a movie, like he wants his world to be his world. Um, and what's also very interesting is like you can look at like Inside Man, The Five Bloods, um, Black Klansman, 
um, some of his older films, and they're all very like unique in terms of color palettes, styles, and everything. And you don't feel like, oh, what's interesting is like you can you know it's him, but you don't right off the bat know it's him. Yeah, which I found it's not like a Quentin Tarantino movies that all look the same. You know, the, they all have. Well, those things are marketed up the the arse. Yeah, so. but even like the co- like the color palette and the cinematography yeah. and everything, the film the language, same actors, the film the, language the di- is always the, the dialogue. Same. Yeah, it's it, always you, the if same. If you if you put a blindfold on and yeah. you just started playing a Quentin Tarantino film, you would know it just from the ten minute dialogue, like mo- yeah. essentially monologues that they stitch together to make dialogue. <laughs> it's and it's it's just oh man, I'm so over Tarantino. It's not even. Well, People, I don't, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. Like having a style, I think, is a good thing because sure. it makes you stand out. Like, like people like Tarantino, Spike Lee, Christopher Nolan, um, Fat Boy George Lucas. They all <laughs> have a style that like, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. They all have a, like a very unique and interesting style that we can look at like a thing and be like, oh, we know who that director is, which is you know. It's a good thing, but sometimes it's like, oh, try and change it up a little bit. Like, Nolan I like because he does go in and he changes things up. Yeah. Spike Lee I like because, you know, it's not right off the bat. You know, I know as soon as I watch it, I'm like, oh, this is a Spike Lee Yeah, film. absolutely. I mean, to, to just compare the two films that we saw recently, like Inside Man and The Five Bloods, stylistically, uh, I th- I, at least I, to my amateur eye, very, very different, mm-hmm. right? Oh, Which are. is great. Uh, the one thing that struck me with Inside Man is how 90s it felt. I think everything from the soundtrack to... Shot styles as well. Shot like, styles. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd have to agree with that stuff, but yep. like, and even some of the acting. Yep. Uh, and I'm sure they're going for that over-the-top New York uh, kind of a style, but even the acting to me, um, you know, w- felt somehow somehow 90s. And I, I don't know how to p- what to so put my finger So this is on. something I've, I've realized over the years. When it comes to like... A film that takes place in or around like the New York area. Yeah. The acting always feels more over the top. Yeah. But I'm wondering, is that just New York? <laughs> like yeah. it just feels over the top? Because if you ever like walk around New York City and just like listen to people, you're like, they're very like to the point, very direct. Um, the accent is a little like I'm not saying it's a bad thing, it's a little funny to me. Like everyone's fun accents here and that that's fine. But I'm just wondering, is it like do we look at that as like over the top because yeah. New York is very kind of like like loud and in your not in your face but like just oh, loud and there. I think be, yeah. I think New York is intense and it's almost I bring this back to like Grand Theft Auto and their <laughs> depiction. No, well hear me out. Their depiction of Liberty City, right? So Grand Theft Auto Five first came out in 2013. I'd never been to Los Angeles before in my life, and hearing the conversations in the the game that you hear on the streets, I'm like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. No one, no one talks like that. This is like the, these conversations are so out there. Then I've moved here and lived here for almost five years. I'm like, nope. They literally pulled direct conversations that they probably walked around Los Angeles and heard because that's how ridiculous it is. And so I, I do think I do think New York kind of has that in- high-intensity, kind of over-the-top type of in- uh, attitude, while like Los Angeles has that kind of crazy dreamer. You know, I think every city and every area have, has a distinct style. And, yeah, maybe that is the New York style. <laughs> Over the top, That's you think hilarious. it's like forced acting, essentially. Almost. I mean, you know, I, every everyone's a tough guy in New York, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, or that yeah, potentially. Yeah, New York, New York definitely prides themselves on their character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's boroughs, and you know, I'm from Brooklyn, I'm from Manhattan, I'm from you know, where, Staten wherever, Island, Long Island, Iced Tea. From Brooklyn. Uh, before we kind of wrap on Inside Band sequel, so there was. 
talks. I I did a little research last night, and they wanted to make a sequel for a long time. It was Spike Lee's most successful, fin- you know, financially successful movie. You know, it did well in the box office. Uh, it made almost two hundred million dollars for back in '06 for like a mid-level type movie like that. That's great. That's you know, studios want to give a sequel to that. It just never came about. The script it just kind of got into development hell, and then Spike Lee left it, and nothing ever happened. Um, last year, though, a sequel was released directly to Netflix. What? Uh, Wait, I'm sorry. There is an actual sequel. There is a sequel. It's on Netflix, and it is apparently terrible. Yeah, we might have to watch it. <laughs> Who is who's in it from the original? No Who directed one. it? Uh, I don't even know. It's not Spike it, Lee. It no. is. Uh, let me let me. Can look you it really real ca- can it really be called a sequel if no same actors, no writers, no directors? How is it a sequel? Yeah, it's, it's called the new. It's called movie. Inside Man. Um, most Wanted. Oof. I'm going to I'm going to sacrifice my brain cells and watch this. Yeah, we might have to for next week. To be honest, I, I mean, it's a follow up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somehow, Inside Man is going to have a three-episode run. Mentioned last week, covered this week, and then the sequel done next week. Yeah, the actors are Amel Amin, Rhea Sea. Oh, Rhea Seahorn is um, yeah from uh, Better uh, Call Saul, right? Better Call Saul. I Rox- saw her at a Ralph's once. Roxanne. Uh, <laughs> She's like us. Her, yes, she shops at Ralph's in Culver City. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Roxanne McKee and Urs Rechen, and the director is M.J. Bassett. But there's no, is there any producers, writers, script advisors? Uh, <laughs> for fuck's sake, a PA from the original. I'm not, I'm not seeing anyone. anyone. Oh, my God. All in right, fact, I definitely need to see this. Yeah, in fact, the whole <laughs> movie was run by robots. Uh, so Rotten Tomatoes only has two critic reviews on it. That's how... No, I don't want to know. Okay. Zero percent. I want. I want. Zero. I want no information on, on on reviews. I want to go in blind. Okay. All right. Next week, tune in. You'll hear my honest to god review of Inside Man: Most Wanted. Hopefully, it's uh, positive, but probably not. Uh, Krishna was Inside Man good? Oh yeah, of course, definitely. It's a it's a classic. It's an oldie. Uh, it's a little dated, but somehow that works because it's nostalgia almost. I mean, it takes place in 06, and I think. Yeah. I think we forget now because we like lived it and it was formative years of our lives, but it was a different time, and it's crazy. We've we've been alive that long where there's different times and stuff. Indeed. <laughs> Arjuna, was Inside Man good? Yes. Yes, it was. One of my favorite Spike Lee movies. Ravi, was Inside Man good? Of course, only because the song Chaya Chaya was in it. <laughs> That's it? Chaya Chaya Chaya. Also, Denzel Washington is just fan-fucking-tastic. You need to see Equalizer. Uh, you, if you if you consider yourself uh, a Denzel fan, if you need to see Equalizer, it's I'm pretty sure I've seen it. You I might, you, you probably, but you yeah. you're not sure. You should just. I check have. It out. I had definitely no. I have not seen it. You have not. No. Jesus Christ. So moving along here, we're gonna hit our was it new section. Uh, right off the bat, we're gonna start with the five oh first drama news. Now, usually, do you know you don't know this, right? You are not aware of this, but uh, let's let's back up a. Uh, Took a couple steps back. What the fuck is the 501st? Um, if we look at Star Wars lore and canon, oh, the 501st no. was a military branch of the Republic Army, specifically under the command of General Skywalker. <laughs> well, Anakin Skywalker. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the 501st was made was first mentioned in the Star Wars Battlefront 2 video game. 
correct? In the campaign? Mm-hmm. No, 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 Forever, no. Forever First has been around. Yeah, since th- the this was expanded universe, yeah, yeah. like way, way. So before the original um, Five or First, the prequels even came out. The Five or First was ingrained in uh, the. Uh, expanded universe, like culture yeah. and ideas and all that stuff. Five, yeah. five or first, uh, five or first, and Rogue Squadron, it, like face off a bunch of times, epic battles. You could argue five or first is the, the Rogue term. Squadron. You could argue that the five or first Legion and being Anakin's, like they were called, ultimately changed like Vader's fist, but they are like one of the oldest parts of like the Star Wars lore and history. Oh. Um, Bringing it up to like present times, the five of first now is referred to as the uh, one of the or the largest Star Wars costuming group worldwide, named after that legion. Named after that legion, their purpose it's uh, or their tagline is uh, "Bad guys doing good." It's a charity nonprofit organization. Uh, the the premise is: Oh, you love Star Wars, you love these characters, you dress up, you go do charitable events. That money never touches. The 501st or the 501st Allegedly. members' hands, Allegedly. it goes directly to a charity. That's the problem right Very there. Very simple. That's the problem. Very simple. The tagline. Shouldn't be any more complicated. Their tagline are bad guys doing, doing good. good. Yes. There's no such thing as There's bad guys doing Fundamental good. problem right there. Yeah. The reason I bring this up is because a couple of posts have popped up in other various like social media forums. You know, Reddit, there's an entire subreddit there, but it bled into like the main front page of Reddit. It bled out onto Twitter because there was a little, uh, there was a couple of fallout things that happened from this particular event. Um, I'm not going to use names, I'm going to use broad terms. Uh, I also want to preface that the Was It Good podcast and its hosts do not stand on any side of I this do. drama or argument. <laughs> uh, we're completely neutral, we're just bringing the news and what we know neutral. and gossiping. <laughs> um, like bored people because we are losers and we're bored. Um, so basically, Arjuna, this is what happened. So as I said in my opening statement, the fire first money should never be held on to. The money should always go directly to a charitable event. It came to light after somebody was told to investigate a particular group after a recent celebration in Chicago. <clears throat> uh, money seemed to be going to what they call like a slush fund, right? Okay. That's not right, right? The money, once again, goes to charity. Directly to charity, yep. This person or individual also started investigating and looking into other areas, like another garrison is what they're called, a garrison. So the Fiverr First also uses a lot of like military terminology. Uh, you'll actually find a lot of ex-military um, or current police force or uh, military-type forces like ingrained in this institution uh, because it's familiar and similar to what they've done. I'm not saying it's good, not saying it's bad, just what it is. Um, so one of these other garrisons, not in the United States, uh, it turns out they had quite a bit of money that they were sitting on to. <laughs> yeah. This individual that was investigating and looking into this brought this information to light with the main garrison. And the garrison far overseas that was being investigated told the main command group that this individual was harassing them. Uh, behind closed doors, the the groups and whoever was involved decides to suspend this individual. Now, mind you, this person is a what's considered like a high-ranking official. Yeah. Uh, to put it into like real-world terms, um, specifically when the, in the military, and you know, I may be botching this, so you know, please forgive me. But it'd be like a five-star general, all of a sudden um, being um, kicked out by the grunts of some military barracks, and for whatever reason, that sticks. 
and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Okay. That's so kind of the it's equivalent. A coup. It's like a coup. Honestly. It's kind of like a coup. I mean, if we're being blunt and honest, it sounds like somebody got too close to some money. Yeah. And they can you didn't say, like that. Can you say how much money? Uh one of the things that I saw, and this is all rumor speculation, was $4 million. Yeah. yeah. What? The problem, though, that's is... more like than <laughs> Solo made. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? But, but here's the thing. <laughs> this is the thing that's interesting is um, it's a nonprofit organization. If it's $4 million or if it's $4, yeah, it's, like it's still money that's not going to the right location. It's supposed to go to charity, and that's the end. Right. Um, what's interesting with the five of first, and this is going to be my segue into our giveaway, is one of the interesting factors of the 501st and, and people being involved in it is within the Legion, people go out and they create uh, merchandise, 501st merchandise, right? Uh, because they're making it themselves or they're utilizing, you know, smaller mom-and-pop type businesses, you know, they don't have to worry about necessarily, like, insane overhead costs. It's done in, like, more of a tight-knit community, so they'll pay, like, higher fees. Whenever merchandise is involved, though, there's also always supposed to be a piece of it that goes to charity, right? Because we're a charity it's organization. It's supposed to a nonprofit. If you have any type of merchandising, is supposed to offset the costs of making just it, making purchasing it, it, whatever. Yep. And then the profits yep. is going to is supposed to go to charity. And that's and that's where things kind of got a little bit murky. Mm. Um, so, with all that being said, we feel charitable. So we want to give away this Sith Jet Trooper from Star Wars Episode Nine. Yeah, the rise of Skywalker. Boo. All you need to do for our listeners out there and for people watching here on on the the internet, go to Twitter, check out at Was It Good, and make sure you like and share the post that's going to be going out tomorrow, June twenty third, on a Tuesday. It'll be on our Twitter page and our Instagram page. We will select a random winner next week on June twenty ninth, live during our podcast. Don't worry. You don't need to remember these dates. Our crackpot social editor, Arjuna, will have the dates and the tweets social and all that. Crap. Editor, I'm the CEO. Crackpot. crackpot. Uh, but Ra- Ravi, we do have we have one request uh, uh, in 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 the spirit of Star Wars and giveaways and merchandise. Uh, Mother of Pickle one two three wants to see the Empire tattoo. So give the people what they want. Why? What do you mean? Why? Do it. Can you see it on the camera that doesn't autofocus? Which one is it? It's that one. The Imperial Cog. Wow. Wow. My first tattoo, actually. That was your first one. That was my first one. But to kind of wrap up this whole news, Arjuna, like you yourself have been uh, interested in getting to the fire first. You (laughs) have actually seen, uh, actually at Chicago Celebration, you got to witness firsthand kind of the the backhanded um, asshole comments of certain Legion members, uh, unfortunately. Um, I've seen it and witnessed it myself. Uh, I think Christian, you and I were talking about this a little bit at one point. It comes down to the fundamental problem of this: when you get into a position of fake power, <laughs> <laughs> fake power, <laughs> everything goes fucking crazy. Yeah. You seem to be referencing something in real life. His name's Donald Trump. Yes. Uh, I think no. You were watching something earlier today. I think it was another podcast. Yeah, it was and the um, Rexing Rexing Around podcast, Rexing and they were around, actually yeah. talking about. Uh, this exact same issue. Well, th- those guys nailed it on the head. It's that uh, so many people in this group, it's their entire lives. It's their only social outlet. And like you said, it, it, it gives them a, a sense of power. And since this is all they have, they take it and they run with it. 
and abuse it. Yeah. And they, they, they forget all context. They forget that it's a fake it's not real. It's it's a costuming group, and their job is to raise money. Yeah, regardless of That's the fact. It. Yeah, regardless of the fact that it's fake or whatever is is at its core. Yeah, you are raising money for charity. That is it. Yeah, but you're not a mil- Full stop. You're not a military group. No, you're yeah. not. You're not a professional movie prop group. Nope. You're not. You're not. You're not extras. You're not actors. You're not. You're not really a commander or a captain. That's not a real gun. That's not real armor. <laughs> you're not actually protecting anything. Your job is to make children smile, and your behavior for a lot of these people is, the, is you're doing the opposite of that. Yeah, so. yeah. <sighs> and just to re- to reemphasize nice. real too, we're not taking a full like we're not saying this is the fire force in general. <laughs> we're just saying it's at the top. Well, I think you know, a I, couple people here. I there. think yeah, the yeah. people that join it, like I joined it because I wanted to do a, a charitable thing. I've been terrible the last couple of years because life got in the way. And what's kind of sad with this group too is like you do something charitable but then you get shit for not doing it consistently and it's like well do have a life still mm-hmm. do have other things i need to focus on so that's that moving into more fun star wars news we finally got star wars squadron Z- uh gameplay gameplay footage, footage. Yeah, yeah and yeah. the various modes that are coming out yeah actually i'm shocked at how much there seems to be uh, or how fun it should be so it's basically squadrons five on five which you know, I, I ha- that's the only qualm I have about the whole thing because in the novels, Rogue Squadron, they specify that a squadron is supposed to be twelve fighters, not five. Hi, my name is Krishna, and according to the books that I read, th- that's what you sound like. Well, well you know, good. Disney also made the actually good Star Wars novels all you know non-canon. Yeah, so your yes. conversation piece right there was bullshit. Who cares? I mean, they brought, they're bringing back writers from Expanded Universe to work on current novels. You should start a campaign on this, Krishna. Uh, I think you should no. dedicate your life to this. Do I look like a 501st member? Yes. Yes. What? You have a zit on your head. Neck, beard, zit. <laughs> yeah, right. That was rude. You're right. <laughs> Balding. But no, we actually got to see some legit gameplay footage, and, and it got to actually break down what we're getting. Um, there are two areas of this game that I'm very excited for. And Arjuna, you said this to me because I, I, you were like, how excited are you? First, in terms <laughs> of the gameplay, this is a uh, first person in the cockpit experience. <laughs> the actual panel of your fighter actually means shit. It's not just yeah. there to go boop, 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 boop. means stuff. You need to understand it. Um, so it's all first person. And then uh, the, the, the second piece, that's, or the, the same thing on the, along those lines is you can actually play the entire experience in VR. And then the other piece that's amazing is this cross-platform across the board. I could be on my Vive PC setup and playing with you guys on PlayStation or whatever. And I think that is fucking awesome. Mm. I think that's a really cool experience, and then it's going to make it more accessible to people, which is great. Do you think they did that because we're so close to PS5? No, I think they did that because uh, you can sell more copies. Because yeah. think about it, sure. right? Like, think about it. Like, if um, there's the three of us, and for whatever reason, our dreams like, I'm all Nintendo, I'm all uh, Xbox, and I'm all PlayStation 4, right? Which is not the case. Which actually. is not the case. But, like, let's say we were really high on, on, like, these are our various, like, areas and all that fun stuff. Um, the chances of all three of us buying the game, if it wasn't cross-platform, are, are less, right? Because sure. we're all losers. We have no other friends except each other. <laughs> So uh, we'd have to buy three copies. Also, the game is a multiplayer-first game. 
I think that's how they're marketing it. Like it has a it has a first, single player first, yeah. campaign, and it also has like a good I think offline modes, and then also cooperative modes against AI. And that's the that is key. That is is huge because like one of my biggest complaints when EA brought back Battlefront, one of the when the original ba- Battlefront from PlayStation Two came out, one of the things I loved about that was we could go co op and go kill some AI Confederate um, separatist droids or whatever. Yeah. And then they removed all that features. And this game from EA, surprisingly, is going to have the ability for us to go five on five with AI, which I think is going to be really, really fun. Well, I mean, the whole idea of like getting on one system and playing a multiplayer game is dead. Basically dead. Yeah, there's too point. many systems, right? Well, not even just systems. And generations. They just don't. They just don't make games that way because it's like why. Why do that when I could just make you have five PS4s to play that instead? I'm making more money versus like, okay, well, Ravi has the PS4 and we all play on that one PS4. Think about it just even in our e- own ecosystem, right? The three of us live together. What's th- what's the primary reason we have four PlayStations? Or we three live, We live each? separately? Well, we don't live separately right now. Oh. We all live together. So we can game. So we can game and play multi- multiplayer games together. That's true. Uh, and so it's worked, right? That whole idea, that shift in the video game industry of getting rid of your, you know, the the Smash Brother model, I'll call it, right? Where you can, you know, four players play on one thing and play it together. That model is mostly dead. Mm. I mean, Nintendo Switch, they, I mean, Nintendo's always been a big, like, yeah. family first, like, sure. that idea. Like, they still obviously do the Smash stuff. But even them... It's like limited on on like one console to like four people. If you bring two consoles, you can do like four and four yeah. or eight people or whatever. So I think that's interesting. But yeah, Star Wars Squadron, October release. Very, very excited for it. Um, hopefully we'll get an early look. Yeah. And Showcase right here on Was It Good, we're going to get George Lucas to play it with us. Wow. That's a um, promise. That is fake. I feel like that would be as bad as like trying to explain, you know, what is the internet to an old person? That's why it'd be fun. No. That would not be fun. Oh, boy. Moving right along. Asimov. Isaac Asimov. Isaac Asimov. He is... He... Uh, is he dead? He is dead. Oh, my God. Yes, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he blessed the world with amazing, amazing science fiction novels. One and his, short stories. And short stories. He definitely kind of changed the genre of science fiction as we know it. He turned it on his head back in the 50s and uh, early 60s. Um, Apple TV or excuse me, Apple today had their big WWDC 20 conference, which is typically where they showcase new software. But one of their new areas that they're kind of investing in is the Apple TV Plus or the streaming service business. And they actually gave a sneak peek at their upcoming series, um, Foundation, which is a 1950s, or starting in the 1950s, it's a multi-book series that follows... Some kind of futuristic sci-fi world. Um, we got a, a good a first look at it, and the first thing I can say right off the bat is that shit doesn't look like a fucking TV show. That looks like a goddamn movie. Well, I mean, Apple TV has been loading up the budgets for their uh, series. Like all of them are some of the most expensive television shows ever made. I would not be sh- surprised if this is, <laughs> especially because they premiered the trailer. Uh, today, if it it was the uh, you know it's their big one in terms of this is going to be the most expensive TV show ever created. Asimov the the this foundation Asimov show yeah wow just even from the visuals and and some of the actors that they got they they're not cheap. Um, 
and Apple is throwing money around because they're just like, we need to build great original content for our streaming service to keep going, especially because they don't have a library. Mm. There's that, and they don't have, like, so their big thing, it was WWDC 19, and they announced uh, C, the one with Jason Momoa, and that was geared towards being, like, their big, look at what Apple TV Plus and our streaming service and our directors and producers can do. And I hate to say it, I didn't finish the series. It fell on its face. It was very fucking boring and very it kind of, like, well-received either. what is this? There is another season coming, though, because they did two season orders, I think, for a lot of those first shows. It actually turned out that the uh, Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston show, um, the morning show, was far more interesting. But that was more interesting because I think they did it on purpose. It was grounded in real life and real world events. Uh, this one, I think, uh, this one's going to be interesting. I, we didn't get a release date, correct? It's just a 2021. What's the, who's the cast? Who's in this thing? The guy from Chernobyl. Which one? The main character. Richard Harris? Yeah, yeah, that guy. Really? Yeah. Oh, he's great. He's the main character, it seems like, in this show. There's a couple of other, like, uh, upcoming, um, like, younger actors and actresses in there. Timothy Chalamet. No, so this is interesting. (laughs) I got a lot of Dune vibes from the trailer. I don't know if you saw the trailer. I haven't seen it yet. Um, But I got a lot of Dune vibe, uh, like, whatevers. And it's interesting. Dune comes out at the end of 2020. Depending on how the world goes in the next twenty twenty two, a couple of, couple of months and all that, and then we're we're that will be followed up with this. Um, so it will definitely be quite fascinating to kind of see uh, what this these look like. Christian, you're the book sci fi nerd here. Oh. Which came first, Foundation or Dune? Uh, pretty sure Foundation came first. Interesting. I feel like I feel like as it, Isaac Asimov uh, probably did for science fiction what J.R.R. Tolkien did for fantasy, kind of. Uh, and I could be wrong there. Like, I'm sure as Isaac Asimov was inspired by other stuff. But I want to say Isaac Asimov took sci-fi and made it mainstream. You know, when you said J, I thought you were going to say J.K. Rowling. And I'm like, the fuck's wrong with no. you? She's canceled. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's canceled. Uh, speaking of canceled, real quick, um, some interesting comments here. So uh, you both mentioned that this show, it seems like it's going to be Apple TV Plus's, what, flagship show? Yes. Yeah, it would seem that way. Um, uh, Lauren uh, WW says here, is free script, uh, subscription about to end for this platform? It is actually, yes. In this fall, this coming from uh, yeah. Okay, uh, and then we have another person, Mother of Pickle, one, two, three. So does this mean they're going to raise prices? Or, you know, so they, if it's free right now, what is the pricing going to well, look well, like here, it's, in the fall? It's, it's free for people who bought an Apple product. In, in the fall of last year, right? They got a year free. Uh-huh. Uh, and that is obviously we're coming up to fall of 2020. Uh, the reason, th- my theory, uh, the reason they did that was because they came out with Apple Shit TV. Shit shows? No, well, they came out with Apple TV Plus, and <laughs> Apple realized that it's terrible. We don't, uh, <laughs> and here's the thing, right? For any of these streaming, these streaming platforms, and you're seeing the reason some are doing successful and some aren't, if you don't have a library of stuff, right? And we all talked about it at this table. When Apple TV Plus came out, there were three shows on it. You could you could sit down, watch all the shows in a couple days, and it's like... Now you're stuck with the What do I watch now on this thing, right? And, of course, they came out with a few more things, but they weren't that great. There's, there was like 10, 15 shows max, a couple movies. Uh, I think they did that year free to give them time to try and solidify a deal to buy a studio to get a library of content in there, which they still haven't done yet. Yeah, I would ar- I would argue though, like the idea of this library of content, I think 
work. I think it works and it doesn't work. And the examples I'll give are the HBO Max experience and the Disney Plus experience. In both cases, they came out with very interesting libraries, right? You got sure. the Disney Plus coming out with like the X Men series from our childhood. Mm-hmm. You've got the Pixar. HBO Max coming out where um, th- there's Big Bang Theory and there's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and like yeah. some really cool and interesting stuff. But I guess the question is like, how important is that in the sense of when Disney Plus first came out, I was checking out like rando episodes of like Gargoyles, rando episodes of like X Men, mm-hmm. but like I've not gone back and sat and decided to watch any of that. Sure. HBO Max, same thing. Like uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, there. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah I, this should I should re binge it. I'm like, eh, I'm still looking for that newer, newer content. Right. I wonder if Apple's game plan is like they're thinking cool nostalgia is great, but new stuff is cooler. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if the year free was to kind of like showcase. Or, like, solidify the idea of, like, we're not going to be getting a studio. We're moving forward and fuck nostalgia. (laughs) Well, I I don't think it's even nostalgia, right? Like, think about television in general. 10, 15 years ago, TV was all about channels, 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 right? You could get a 1,000 channels. Did you watch all a 1,000? No. Yes. You probably watched – you probably had 20, 30 channels that you checked out regularly, right? But it's the idea of I have all this content – if I want to sit down and watch something, I have a bigger library to look at versus – think about it with your refrigerator, right? If you have a ton of food in your fridge, you feel like I can make something, I can eat something, right? Versus if you open the fridge and it's empty, you're like, I don't have food. Even if there's a little bit in there, right? Even if you have prepackaged meals, if the fridge is physically empty, you're like, uh, I don't have any food. We probably do have food. You probably could make something, right? Mm. It's the same thing with Apple TV+. Plus. You could find something to watch, right? And it's new and it's great. But there's only, realistically, very little there. Versus, okay, now if I go to HBO Max, well, we have all these choices for this... anything that we want to watch. We have new stuff. We have old stuff. Apple TV, you got... 10, like I said, 10, 15, 20 shows. And it's like, why am I, why am I as a consumer going to pay X amount for 20 when I could pay X amount for 1,000? Here's the thing, though. Brand like, new content. Apple and Disney are two interesting companies to get into the streaming wars because they're not just streaming platforms or content. Right. Right? Disney makes a, f- a fuck ton of products, yes. a fuck ton of experiences. They wouldn't want you to be fully invested in Disney Plus because then – you're not going to a theme park. You're not necessarily going and buying a churro or whatever or turkey leg. Yeah, but they, they want you to buy. They want you to buy that product though, and the best way to buy that product and is to have the best content and the most content because those go hand in hand. Quality, for a lot and of but then if you're sitting there just watching, if you're like you know Wally in the future and you're fat and you can't get out of your chair because you watch so much goddamn content, then didn't they just fuck then themselves you in-, in the foot? Then you introduce fitness content, right? You introduce the fitness content on there to get you fit thin again so you can go to their amusement parks. Disney Plus has a show, and I know this because somebody I know watches this show, called uh, Disney Fairytale Weddings, right? I'm and sorry. Back up. Yep. Who do you know watches this, Sergio? Uh, Sahara, my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> there it is! Take a shot, everybody! Right. So so there's this, there's this show on Disney Plus called Disney Fairytale Weddings. Wait, Wedding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Back up. I'm going to keep cutting you off on this. She's looking at a show about weddings? She's been watching this since before we started dating. Because it, it's a show that's... <laughs> but anyway, Disney Fairy Can Tale... Can we confirm that? Disney Fairy Tale Weddings oh. is a show about weddings that take place on Disney parks and Disney properties, right? Right. It's a, it's a giant... 
Sahara, if you're listening, close your ears because she doesn't like the magic being torn away. But it's a giant PR thing for going to Disneyland, Disney World, Disney vacations, all you know, Disney cruises, all that type of stuff, right? Right. And that's so. But Disney is smart. They're all about synergy. They're going to put that type of content on there because, like, okay, stream this, and then you're like, you know what? I want to go to Disneyland, and then you're going to book your tickets to. Well, yeah, they also did their Imagineering series as well, which is like the whole same idea. I, I will say yeah. this. If Apple wants to win, they create a whole library of fitness content that syncs with this. Well, now you can sleep with this. Well, yeah, there's there a whole go. bunch. Of, yeah, speaking of WWDC, a couple of new things. There's going to be sleep function with your Apple Watches. I don't know what series that's going to work on. But one other interesting thing in terms of the streaming wars, they're finally doing like picture-in-picture. Picture. And why that's interesting is I could go and watch you know, an Apple TV Plus show. I mean, this is going to work across other apps with Disney Plus as well. But also still do your Peloton workout classes. So you could do your Peloton workout classes while um, CNN News is up or <laughs> Gargoyles is up or whatever. Fox News! Fox News <laughs> is up or, or, or you're watching the, the Was It Good podcast on YouTube. There's an app for that. You can do that? Yeah. Wait. There's also app clips for that. We put the full podcast on YouTube? For the love of God. <laughs> Fire him. Fire him. It's a joke, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, this is how you market to people. Anyway, we're moving on from this. <laughs> we're going to go talk about the coolest thing ever. Coolest thing ever? Batman. Michael Keaton. My, this is Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton supposedly Shh. is reportedly. in talks, reportedly is in talks with Warner Brothers yep. to reprise his role as Batman, specifically the Batman he played in his first Batman film in 1989. The year of the founder and host of this podcast, me. Founder? Yes, I founded it. I found it under a rock. I actually <laughs> came up with the idea for this podcast. Oh, oh well, we're going to go there. Okay. Anyway, what do we think? I did. I literally pitched it to you guys. What do we think about this? Michael Keaton reprising his role, coming back, being the Batman. Wait, wait, wait. Can I, can I answer like I'm Arjuna? Sure. I think this is great. DC can do something Marvel can't do, and that's the multiverse. The more versions of stuff you can have, the better it can be. So bring back Michael Keaton. Bring back, in fact, I made this argument two weeks ago. You, you can have Christian my own Bale. You can, you can have Christian Bale. You can have Michael Keaton. You can have that, that fat fuck, Ben Affleck. All those Batman running around in their own movies. It sounds like you're trying to do like a Mark Hamill joke <laughs> a little bit. I think that's, but, my, that's how my but, brain but, processes I mean, thank, Arjuna. Th- thank you, Arjuna. You're right, though. That's the <laughs> argument that I did make a few weeks ago. D- D- Warner Brothers is going the complete chaos route. Why not? Why not bring Michael Keaton and like they're just throwing rocks at the wall? I at this love point. it. I mean, yeah, I I, I mean, love it. What else do they have to lose at this point? Most of their no. movies have been bad. Most of them have underperformed. Let Go me, with it. Honestly. Let me let me ask this right now. Who here is not going to watch a new Michael Keaton Batman? Yeah, I mean, everyone here is going to watch. But that. he's not going to be. He's not getting his own movie. What? Well, so this is the thing that's weird. Is is he? The contract, wherever they're, discuss- they're discussing, is like him is kind of a primary in a movie, and then also like a subsequent small roles in other films. Oh, it's not really. He's going to be the primary in the Flashpoint movie, right? And then they, the article I read described it is like he will be like a Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury type character. Type character. He will now be like a mentor to a lot of these 
DC characters and kind of jump in and out of movies uh, to be their mentor of some type. Now we, I'm going to call know, it right now. He's going to play the Batman in the new Batman Beyond movie that comes out in five years. So that is one of the discussions. Like, So one of the videos I watched was you know, back in 2000, I believe it was uh, 2001, 2002, the original writers for the Batman Beyond series, the animated series, were uh, pulled into a Warner Brothers office and told, write us a screenplay um, for Batman Beyond film. It was canned or put aside or whatever. Warner Brothers has a script, an active screenplay that they could do. We know that Warner Brothers loves the idea of the multiverse. They talked about it like crazy in the in their uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. They actually referenced the 1980 Michael Keaton Batman uh, multiverse in that series uh, at some point, along with a number of other ones, such as um, Kevin Conroy, who does the voice of the uh, 1990s like Batman animated voice that we know, who's also in the Batman Beyond. So there's a lot of things where they could do this. And the fact that they're still clearly interested in a Flashpoint movie, which kind of, once again, assists and discusses the whole multiverse thing, yeah. um, it's going to happen at some point. Do you guys think they're grabbing an Ezra Miller from a different universe? Because in this one, he punches people. At he punches and, and beats down him. his fans? Yeah, yeah probably. Because you know, like, that's the only way I see the movie getting made. Because I don't know why you'd cast that, keep that guy as the Flash. I say just take uh, the the actor that plays Barry Allen Grant in the C Huston. yeah in the CW one. No, why? He's great and like he's, he's good. Uh, no, no, he's he's uh, first of all he he acts on the CW. How great can you be? I mean, there've been actors who've come out of the CW. No, that hasn't. The actor that played name one. The actor that played Clark Kent <laughs> yeah. was in a movie about a bunch of kids, and he was one of the siblings. At some point. You're not proving any point. Yeah, I'm not proving anything. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Michael Keaton, if he comes back as Batman, holy fuck, I think that's awesome. It's a big win. Yeah. It's a great marketing stunt. It makes us all like the last like three, four weeks, DC has yeah. been DC's been killing it with their news where it's like, oh, we're getting a Zack Snyder cut. We're getting Michael fucking Keaton I'm not, now. I'm not like lie, God, right? who knows what's gonna happen. Uh, so next. DC is doing everything right as Marvel fans are starting to yawn. Yes. And be like, you know, endgame that was the end game. And everything now is just, well, I might tune in, I might not. They're doing exactly what they need to do, which is be different and be interesting. In fact, be eccentric. And yeah. they're doing that. Which because, is great. I mean, think about when the MCU came out, it was unprecedented to have a, you know, connected multi, you know, multi movie type of story, right? And that's, you know, that's the beauty of like Infinity Wars and Endgame. But, you can't watch those movies by themselves. You have to watch essentially 20 yeah. movies before. Right. And it worked, and it's great. But then now they're just continuing to do the same thing. People are like, well, you've already done it. Like yeah. th This isn't that interesting. But DC's like, oh, yeah? Well, don't you want to see 18 versions of Batman? <laughs> yes. You, guess what? <laughs> we got it. We we listened to the Was It Good podcast. Oh we listened to our Junior Ramgo Pal where they said, let's get 20 Batmans. It's happening. I, I did this. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my God. Last piece of news here before we get out. <clears throat> Christopher Nolan <laughs> is supposedly... Speaking of Batman. Speaking of Batman. Also, <laughs> yeah. you get him back, too. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Nolan is the voice behind um, why Tenant is not being pushed out of July in terms of its release. It's just being pushed by a couple weeks. Originally, it was supposed to be July 17th or around then. It's being pushed for a release of July 31st. A lot of uh, folks, including us here, thought it was the studio. 
Uh, but it's come to light that Christopher Nolan, being that he is all about the movie-going experience and enjoying high blockbuster-type films in the theater, is the one that's pushing uh, for this movie to still come out in July. What do we his, what do we think there? According to the article, his primary reason is because he is want you know he he is fearful for the movie industry and wants to help support it, and he feels like his movie is one that's going to do that. I'm going to look directly at the camera because I'm talking to you, Christopher Nolan. What the fuck is wrong with you, buddy? <laughs> Where is a pandemic out there? <laughs> I don't give a fuck if they're doing 25% seat capacity to the movies. You're going to get sick people probably to go out because they're like, oh, I got to go see Tenet in the theater because Christopher Nolan wants me to see it on the right screen. You're going to get people sick and you're going to get people killed. I don't know what's wrong with you. You're stupid. I <laughs> I, I'm out of the top five Arjuna Red. I'm going to be a little bit more reserved there because the articles don't have any kind of like direct quote from Chris. No, Nolan. it's true. You're right. You're right. And he's not said anything. And I do agree with Arjuna in the sense that it does seem a little stupid to kind of like try and force something when I'll say it right now, unless a vaccine appears tomorrow, I'm not going to a goddamn movie theater. Those things were nasty before the pandemic. Mm. They are still nasty no matter how hard you clean the sticky shit off the floor. Exactly. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's disgusting. It's called semen, Ravi. Shut up. What? <laughs> uh, also, do you want to? You guys want your minds blown right now? Sure. The movie is not called Tenant. It's called Tenant. <laughs> oh, that's right. Fuck. It's T E N E T. Tenant. 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 Not Tenant. Not David Tenant. That's Tenet. true. It's true. I, you know that is that is, that is <laughs> yeah. a really good point. Yeah, Fuck. I just I just I, ten at um, oh I uh, got insider information from Mother of Pickle one two three. Um, this person has also heard that that people pee in the chair. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Of movie theaters. R- how do you know that? Ravi's right. You know we don't know how. You know it's, it's, it's all reports. We don't know how true it is. Yeah. But my rant does stand if that it, it is true. Oh and Christopher Nolan is the one that's pushing for it. What is wrong with you? You greedy motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, uh, let, let's just... Uh, it's interesting because I think every industry right now is playing with the idea of some kind of return. Yes. We're talking about sports. We're talking about the movie industry. What else? Anything else? Uh, Amusement parks? Food industry. Food. Theme parks. Theme parks. Uh, retail. Retail, right. So all these things, all these different uh, businesses are dealing with ideas of coming back. We haven't social distanced well enough in this country. We're seeing the We've first wave. We're seeing the first wave explode to the point where people think it's a second wave. It's not. It's still the first wave. We've just relaxed and we think it's a second wave. It's not. It's just people yeah. getting sick. This is how you know it's going badly, right? They did a rankings of which states have done the best job. The state that's done the best job is Massachusetts. Oh my god. So now you know <laughs> that we failed. Because Massachusetts <laughs> is leading in something. Arjuna, what was that accent? Now you know. <laughs> oh. No, but like that's the thing though. Like Christopher Nolan, your movie will probably be able you'll probably be able to premiere in New Zealand in the right capacity. Like if you want this movie to go out and and, and have the red carpet and have Wouldn't the, you be the mad packed though? have the packed theaters, go to New Zealand. Because guess what? Those amazing people were able to quarantine, get their testing up. They did it right. They are back to normal life. Yeah. They do not go out no. in public, wear masks. Yeah. Um, they, they don't lived in Hobbiton. They lived in the in the little hole. The Shire. Yeah, they lived in the Shire. They did it. They did what was needed. Wow. They did a better job. I at, just I yeah. just don't under like you can release this movie a year later and it's still gonna make a ton of money next year. I don't I don't understand why it needs to come out this July. Guess what? 
if you hold it a year, we're everyone at this table, and most people are still going to go see it. People will wait. Devil's advocate. Ah, Devil's yeah. advocate. Devil's advocate. What if there are no movie theaters next year? Because then well, we have bigger because problems. Because they don't yeah. die. Well, no, because 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 the lack of business drove all those companies to bankruptcy. I mean, AMC was saying this a couple of weeks ago that on their earnings. Call, I, they, I agree with you, by the way. I'm just playing depth. I know. On their earnings call, they were they were like, "We don't know how we're going to survive." Literally, when March hit and things started just shutting down, their entire business model just fell flat on, the fa- flat on its face because it requires people. Physically gathering together. That's not a fault of them. That's just how the world sure. works. No, okay, they okay. weren't able to get um, a whole lot of government stipulus or whatever. To oh, well, they did, though. Did they? Yeah, yeah. What did they do with it all? What do you think they did? With of they course paid, they, they did. Paid the fucking idiots. Just sell popcorn. I'll fucking buy the popcorn. <laughs> you know popcorn? Popcorn. Pa- popcorn. Popcorn. You know popcorn is the leading cause of gastronal, gastral ill. Yeah, because corn is are you hor- making are you making that up or is that real? Corn no, is horrible real. for you. Yeah, it's really bad for you. Well, no, no I, I get that, but yeah. popcorn? Yeah, popcorn is a type of corn. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I feel I like you I did make that, this right. up though. No, it's true. Look it up in my blog. fake news. Hold on. www.internet.com slash fake news slash Robbie's blog. Thank you, Brett. You're welcome. You're welcome. Internet.com. Uh that's gonna do it for us here on the Was a Good Podcast. Once again, for listeners, viewers at home. Uh, if you want to win this brand spanking new Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker Sith Jet Trooper in a bloody red armor finish, it is the um, Kenner. Oh, Kenner. Wow. Kenner. They are actually one of the original Star Wars toy makers. Um, we are giving this away on Twitter and Instagram. All you need to do is like and share the post. That will go out tomorrow on Tuesday. And then we'll announce the winner at random during our next live taping of this podcast on June 29th. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at wasitgood. Excuse me. Make sure you follow us on wasitgood on Twitter and then on Instagram at wasitgoodbtm. And you'll see all of our content. And then also, as always, check out the live stream every Monday night on twitch.tv slash wasitgood. Goodbye, Arjuna MD. Goodbye, Professional Krishna. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Professor Krishna. Professor Krishna. Professor Krishna. And, and sign off yourself. And I am Dr. Ravi. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we are was a good. We are was a good, yes. The medical staff. The, med- <laughs> the medical professionals of the entertainment world.